Welcome to Lord John Lander, the Outlander podcast for Lord John fans, where we talk all things Outlander, but especially about Jamie and his Sassanac. And sometimes we talk about Claire, too. We can't promise you much, but for the next half hour-ish, we can promise chaos and to make you question whatever life choices led you to listen to us. Before we get into it, this is your one and only warning that show and book spoilers are lurking around every corner. We're even going to spoil crap that never happened. Hello, welcome to Lord John Lander. We are your hosts. I'm Mistress Pandora. You can call me Pan, and my co-host is here too. Hey, it's Beth. So as um, we just spent some time catching up on some things like editing, because I was super behind on editing episodes and I found two episodes in the past that we owe you guys some clarification and correction segment content for. So I'm going to hit those real quick from our episode 13, where we're discussing show episode 111, um, which was the devil's mark. We had that, is it an anachronism for Galus to say, I guess I'm going to a fucking barbecue. And no, it is not an anachronism. I searched the etymology of the word barbecue. It's actually from the 1690s. Ooh. As a noun, it was um, the framework for grilling meat, fish, etc. It's from the Span- American Spanish barbaco- uh, barbacoa. There we go. Um, the raised wood structure the West Indians used to either sleep on or cure meat since of outdoor feast of roasted meat or fish as a social entertainment is from 1733. Modern popular noun sense of grill for cooking over an open fire is 1931. So people have been barbecuing for a while. Now, I grew up in Memphis, so I have a very big problem with the use of the word barbecue to mean other anything other than specific cuisine. (laughs) If that's a me problem, (laughs) it is not a method of cooking. That is a cookout. (laughs) If you say, Hey, we're going to have, we're going to barbecue and you hand me a paper plate of hamburger and hot dog. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to eat it and say, thank you. But that's not barbecue. (laughs) But inside, she's going to be going Yankees. God damn you. Damn Yankees. Yes, I will be dying inside. Carpet baggers. But I'll be way too Southern polite to say anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, Barbecue was a bunch of grilled cooked meat at the time. It's wrong, but it is what it is. And then from, actually, this is actually just from last episode, where Jamie's fixing the mill. Um, in the book, he wasn't wearing a shirt. It, it was underwear. It okay. Was, it was drawers. <laughs> yes. I'm a little disappointed because I like to always think of him without undies, but, you know. Well, I mean, he, they, were, they weren't his, <laughs> to be clear. Oh, <laughs> It's like it's, it's like an old pair of Brian's skippies or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. I yeah. got it. I got it. So they weren't oh my God. his. Yeah. It was, it was Brian's thong that was in the... I was... <laughs> to be clear. I have been editing Take a Sad Song off and on 
and Jamie in that story wears thongs a lot. So that <laughs> hit home. Oh God. <laughs> I actually just read a fic from another fandom that um, involved the thong. Like that's what I was doing when I was supposed to be, when I was taking my ADHD 15 minutes, <laughs> I was reading that fic first and then doing the other things that I needed to do. Like, you know, start getting ready for bed and stuff. You know, when you, <laughs> you gotta follow your joy, man. Just follow your joy. And, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Alrighty. So we are going to do something kind of weird. No one's surprised. Um, but we are actually going to discuss two episodes at once. So strap in. Um, it's probably going to be like squirrels on crack i don't know what's gonna happen just really all over the place oh yeah i should be used to that by now so we're actually going to discuss 113 which is the watch and 114 which is the search because they're super related and this is partially to be just to be totally transparent because i really do not like the search <laughs> so i've been pushing for us to do these combined like for like ages because it's just something about it i just it i just i can't wait for that episode to be over like if i ever watch in fact i've probably only rewatched it like i i, I don't even know if i've fully rewatched that particular episode until the other day when i watched it in preparation for this and I was still just as antsy for it to be over. <laughs> Weirdly enough, like there's just not a lot that happens between these two yeah. episodes. Like they're long and they're stuff, but it's just, it is not, not even that it's not action packed. It's just, I don't feel like we accomplish much in the narrative in these two. Yeah. In these two episodes. Especially, especially in the search, it feels so like fillery like filler like like they were trying to come up with stuff to like to like make the hour long mark when they could have just like i don't know just i get really mad with outlander when i feel like they're wasting time on unnecessary things because there's so many things that get cut like john and jamie's kiss <laughs> yes um, both of them and like Jamie's like entire relationship with Brianna mm -hmm. later on um, that I, I get, I get really annoyed when they, I feel like they're wasting time because like, they're always like, well, we can only fit so much in. And I'm like, oh yeah, because you really needed like 45 minutes of Claire singing the boogie boogie bugle boy. Like easy for seriously. you to say. <laughs> Shall we take this roughly in chronological order? Sure. <laughs> like, I mean, try something new. Go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, episode 113, The Watch. This is where we find out that Jenny and Ian have been playing, playing, paying. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is where we find <laughs> out that Jenny and Ian have been paying quote unquote protection money to the watch 
and Jamie's really pissed about it, but it's kind of clear this is coming from a place of guilt, I think. Uh, yeah, because he 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 knows that it's like his place, you know, to be protecting Lallybrook, right? And like he hasn't been able to, so he feels guilty and, you know, Ian and Jenny, they they kind of I'm sure don't have much of a choice. I mean, unfortunately because of Ian's disability, he just doesn't have the like brute strength to to just like scare people off and stuff, you know? So it's just and they're just they really don't have much of an option. They don't. And I think we kind of I th- I think it's we've kind of seen I can't remember if it was in Lollybrook or in this episode. But um, we have kind of seen that Ian, no matter how he was brought up, no matter where his heart is in the right place, I mean, he doesn't really, he's no longer cut out to be a soldier. Right. Just because of the experiences he's had beyond just his, his physical disability of having lost his leg. Because killing, what's his name, Horrocks really, really messed him up. Oh, I, mean, I felt so bad. Yeah. I felt really bad for Ian. Like, poor guy. Yeah, he was pretty traumatized by that. And, you know, I think in a way, he probably never really had, you know, that killer instinct. Yeah. I think when he was younger and he was with Jamie a lot, it kind of, you know, he had kind of like the young idiot thing and then jamie i think kind of brought that out in him plus he's always <laughs> kind of felt <laughs> laird dumbass brings out the idiot to everybody. <laughs> you know and i think he's also got that really sense of loyalty to jamie where he's always gonna protect him so but with but in jamie's absence his nature is just to be much more like gentle and passive go along to get along you know absolutely i i was the one who suggested let's take this vaguely chronologically and then i immediately jumped to the end of the episode (laughs) i didn't mean to do that but it it happened that's okay we could turn it around (laughs) just flip a yui (laughs) make a u-turn when possible (laughs) this so this dinner that nope back up even farther Claire, a hot-headed Beecham, <laughs> tread lightly and don't provoke them. This is just fantastic <laughs> advice that she gives her dear, calm rock of a husband. <laughs> By rock, I, I mean like, his head. You... <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Like... <laughs> tread lightly, don't provoke them. Okay. Oh. But I mean, okay, on the flip side, sure, if it if she's saying it, it must be serious. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Like But we also know that she often gives advice that she does not does follow. Not. So does not follow <laughs> at all. Although I have to give her credit, at least in the beginning of the, this episode, when she got out of bed and found Jamie being held at gunpoint, she did just keep her mouth shut. She did good. <laughs> so, she yes. she did good for that one. Gotta give her. And props. Jenny, quick on her feet, you know, calling him the cousin Jamie McTavish, which yeah. 
was a pretty good thing on their feet, although I I kind of have a hard time believing that Horrocks doesn't know that her she has a brother that is Jamie that's wanted by the British. Horrocks. But he put and, and I think I think well Horrocks does, but I you know, I think that uh, Macquarie is pretty like eh, this story sounds really sketchy from the beginning. But I think he like as we find out later where he says like that he would never turn somebody into the British and stuff like I think he's just kind of like I'm just going to play along with this you know yeah see where it's going see where the profit maybe you know so we talked about okay Ginny was really quick on her feet Ian was too pulling out the sword like I polished it for you blah 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 there is a detail in the books that I think doesn't come out as well in the show which is how good of a liar Jamie is Mm-hmm. Like we get a little bit of it, like in season two when they're doing their the French Connection thing, but not right. so much the rest of it. The rest of the series, I feel like that doesn't like it doesn't really get shown, and maybe because that's just difficult. But it really lends to how much of an unreliable narrator he is in the books, even when he's not the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, I I think he's just, you know, like Jenny, kind of quick on his feet with mm-hmm. that stuff. And, you know, he it's it's survival for him. You know, he's kind of been forced into these situations where he has to, to lie and and, you know, do things to to get out of trouble. So I wonder if that's a Fraser trait or a McKinsey trait or a double whammy. Um. I would definitely say it's a Mackenzie trait. I mean, Dougal, hi. <laughs> Although sometimes the Mackenzies get in their own way of trying it. Like they're not as, they're more good at, they're, they're more good. They're better at being <laughs> kind of just like, almost like openly deceptive. Yeah. So I get the feeling that some of that more sly deceptiveness probably comes from the Fraser side. I mean, the the grandfather's called the old fox. The old fox. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, <True>. you know. <laughs> so they, of course, the watch is, of course, staying for dinner because of course they are. This is a really deeply uncomfortable meal as well. It would be, it would, wouldn't it be nice to just sit down and have a nice dinner where the, oh like, <laughs> like the Grim Reaper isn't in the corner. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, I don't know, in like the first like two seasons, if they if they ever just ha- sit down and have a nice dinner. <laughs> a normal like... fucking meal? Or is it always awful? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, and, you know, we thought the jock dinner was bad. And like, now these guys are like, putting their fucking feet on the table Ugh. and so i'm like we've gone from the ex-jock dinner to the assholes who never left hometown and they spend all day drinking at the rod and gun club like <laughs> it's just like it's just gone from bad to to worse like it's just you know not good so 
And besides those idiots acting like that, because there's that one guy that's like a total douchebag. And I don't even remember if he has a name. But then, you know, Macquarie is like grilling Jamie. Oh, yeah. Trying to like figure out what's going on. But what I found interesting was when they were talking about war and I, I should have. I wrote down the quote, but I didn't write down who said it, but I think it was Macquarie who said it, who like kind of talks about the excitement. And he says there was never, there was never, I wrote the quote down wrong, but something about the charging into the guns after the first volley before the enemies get a chance to reload. And he kind of talks about it, like how it's this like rush. And it just totally made me think of the episode, Jace, we pray when, Jamie is trying in season two when Jamie Mm -hmm. is trying to train the men and he uses almost the exact same description except in like a terrifying way yeah I feel like now this is coming from somebody who works a desk job uh but I feel like that's not a fun or healthy like that's not a healthy way of interpreting a good time (laughs) No. trying to say but you know like i don't think skydiving sounds like a good time but there are people out there who love it so you know more power to them <laughs> i don't think skydiving sounds like a good time either like i don't need to pay a whole bunch of money to shit my pants in the air i can do it on the ground for free <laughs> whatever the opposite of thrill seeker is that's what i am uh-huh. yeah. i get my thrills from like posting you know jamie john fix in the outlander right. fandom right like, <laughs> that's like my that's like my go you know charging into the volley but like <laughs> yes i went there my version of adrenaline <laughs> junkie is writing slash fic in a homophobic fandom i went there too yeah. Oh, God. Which is how we got into this mess of a podcast. (laughs) You know, exactly. See, you guys are all stuck with us now because this people couldn't act right. It's just now, you know, this is your penance. (laughs) Spite fuels so much (laughs) of my creative force. Anyway... Moving right along. So the watch is terrible. Ginny says some stuff that is very real and relatable about getting chores done without having a kid up her ass. She said up her her skirt, but (laughs) up her ass is actually (laughs) more of the modern translation. It does not change, does it? No, no. And it's funny because, you know, I was just on vacation with my family and um, my my two kids are preteens now. Um, And so I'm not allowed to, like, acknowledge them really in public, you know, like, like, God forbid, I like, you know, put my arm around their shoulder or something, you know, it's like the worst crime. But um, but so I was reminding them of years ago when we went to Mount Vernon 
and it was really hot and they were both really grumpy and I was wearing like this big tunic and they were both like trying to like just like put their heads in under Aww. my shirt like and I'm like it reminded me though of this whole thing with Jenny you know with a baron up her skirt <laughs> well under her skirt but you know it's just like it's just like it's so freaking true very accurate <laughs> Then they grow up and then they run away with their uncle. And, you know, it's just time goes so fast. Oh, they grow up so fast. So she says that, which is very relatable and normal and makes sense. But then later, as she's in labor, (laughs) Claire, who's okay, understandably curious, asks Jenny to describe childbirth for her. And boy, Did we all bite off more than we can chew? Because what the hell? (laughs) And I think, you know, I feel like Jenny's like put some thought into this already. Like she's really, you know, and you can't even blame like the show. Like she says almost the exact same thing in the book. And it's weird both times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I just, I just even remember the first time watching that being like, what is wrong with this woman? <laughs> it's like, what? That was not my experience. <laughs> no. Someone is doing something wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure who. <laughs> I don't think it was me. <laughs> I mean. It might be Ian. I don't <laughs> More power to her, you know. We've seen Marsley and Fergus experiment a little in that realm in later seasons. Um, <laughs> just yeah, there's some yeah, it's bananas. It's bananas. There is just bananas. so many. Like the series, kind of. <laughs> I'm stuck on it. I'm sorry. It's gonna take me a second to get out of the mud. This book series specifically, because it's so much worse in the books, but it lulls you into this false <laughs> sense of like shit's normal, and then yeah. someone gives birth or is pregnant or is breastfeeding, and then you're like, wait, what? I'm out. <laughs> what? Like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm getting a little too deep into the psyche of the author, and like I'd rather not. <laughs> I need to take a gigantic step back. Can we get back to something else? <laughs> I just, you know, you're right, though. It's just like the the books have so many great qualities, beautiful descriptions, great dialogue. Just, you know, I think you, you've got to kind of commend the author for her grasp of, like, natural dialogue and, like, but then she also has, you know, the pantry inventories. Jesus fucking Christ. And then other <laughs> times it's something like this. And you're just like, what? Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> like, I'm just reading like two women just talking about babies. And all of a sudden I'm like, what happened? Left was I kidnapped by aliens? <laughs> what, what's going on? Did I dissociate oh. just now, or did the author? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. And like, but I'd like to. 
<laughs> and it's like if we had a nickel for every time this happened in the books, we'd have like 25 cents, which isn't a lot, but it's weird it's happened that many times. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah yep um yeah the the, the first or so of many <laughs> anyway. oh, God. so um and of course you know this also brings up you know childbirth i think brings up a lot of feelings for people right and like mm-hmm. i think for jamie he's kind of like starts to think about you know hopefully like soon for him and Claire they'll be having babies and stuff and then Claire of course you know she doesn't think she can have children so it brings up a whole other host of feelings for her and um, so she confesses to Jamie that she doesn't think she can have children and you can see the visible like shock and disappointment on Jamie's face but then he does really good so He's a really good, you know, liar. (laughs) No, no, I mean, no, he, he, he does really good with that. So you've got to give credit where credit is due. I do give Jamie credit for this one thing in particular, which is he's oddly good at dealing with other people's emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't force, like he gets better at it over time. He's not as good at it in the first season or two, but you know, he grows growth. It's got to it in some facet, but he's really good when someone just needs to cry, just letting them cry. And he doesn't make it weird when someone is traumatized, doesn't make it weird. And I've said this a couple of times in like, not on the, on, not on the podcast, but in other situations, like if I ever had to murder somebody, he's the guy I want the pep talk from afterwards. Maybe murder, like Absolutely. in self-defense. I'm just, damn it. FBI. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to say is like, hypothetically for legal purposes for legal purposes, legal purposes this, this is all made up <laughs> still satire <laughs> remove that flag it's okay no he is really good about yeah. that he's better at than like a lot of people today he's are at, at that type of stuff he's better so. at it than claire is and we'll talk about that oh de- definitely next time Yes, next time for sure. Um, So one other thing that I I made note of, um, you know, when Ian and Jamie are kind of, it kind of comes to a head about the watch and they're kind of arguing about it. Ian really, the fact is, and I I mentioned this kind of before, but he's kind of just dealing with with he's had to choose the lesser of two evils, right? Like it's either, well, you know, have the, the British on his back constantly or pay the watch. And, you know, at least then they're Scottish, right? That I think that's kind of like everybody's like take on the watch is, Hey, at least they're Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) At least we're not being screwed by the British, you know? And you made also this note about, or maybe I made the note. I don't remember. One of us made this note <laughs> about the comparison. I don't remember. I don't remember if who I made wrote. It or you did. So, okay, full disclosure, dear listeners, um, as we are logging in to start recording, I had to pull up 
stars again and start like rewatch that scene because I completely <laughs> forgot. Like I know this meant something. I don't remember what it was, but the comparison, I think it was me because it was in parentheses, but the comparison that Ian draws between Jamie McQuarrie is actually very interesting. So it's, you can kind of see the guilt in Jamie again, like just he's self-flagellating as usual, but he's beating himself up over, I'm not here to protect my family. And Ian's not really like getting on to him about it. He's not, I mean, he's just stating a fact, like we need protection. You weren't here to do it. So we had to hire someone who would do it for us. You would do it for free. They just require money. Yeah. And he's not like blaming Jamie. He's just like, it's just a fact. It just is what it is. You know? Yeah. I had a thought and I wanted to skip back to the bananas childbirth conversation not the conversation (laughs) because i'm not that was weird but so in this i think it's it's worth noting i guess i don't know i'm gonna note it anyway that jenny's baby is breach so claire is explaining that she's just going to reach in and guide it out (laughs) and she's like okay but you're getting me a drink before you stick your hand up there Claire's like, oh, but the baby will be born drunk. Jenny's like, I can live with that. And what? (laughs) So will I. And that's the main thing. But I was just, as I was rereading our notes before we got started this evening, I just started thinking about Brotherhood of the Blade and John and Percy accidentally (laughs) delivering Olivia's baby at his mother's wedding. I love it. I love it. (sighs) Which... Which is funny because in one of my fics, I had not yet read Brotherhood of the Blade, so I did not know that John had delivered a baby. And then in one of the fics I wrote, um, I had a chapter called Three Men and a Baby. And it was <laughs> Jamie, it was Jamie, John, and uh, William delivering Brianna's baby. <laughs> And then, like, Jamie, like, throws his back out and William keeps passing out. So John has to, like, he's he's got to get in there and, and finish the job. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we just found our fic wreck because I have not read which one is this because now I have to know. <laughs> well, it's so it's in my fic, Prodigal Son, which okay. is, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a... It's basically like all about it. It has a different timeline than canon for for Claire going back, and it it's all about the main focus of it is is William reconciling with Jamie, but he sp- actually gets to spend time with him. So there's our fic wreck, Prodigal Son, by J. Sweet Prince. <laughs> we will be linking that on social media. Uh, it's actually my my favorite fic that I ever wrote, I think. So, but it has, just has a very special place in my heart. So, but yes, there is that chapter which is very fun. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that so much. So, I will be doing that. Ta-da! <laughs> For those of you who have not read Brotherhood of the Blade, John's mother Benedicta remarries. And there's just this whole thing. His cousin Olivia has been planning the wedding for months. And it's just this, 
it's just big this big to do that she starts looking unwell and she disappears and john goes to try to find her and she is in like immediate labor in a stairwell in the middle of this church i was gonna say isn't she like in this closed off stairwell and like she's in a stairwell he has to like jump over or something she like tries to keep him from (laughs) she's like i'm going to get help she's like no you will not ruin this for me (laughs) so there's like this oh bless him (laughs) and then percy's like hey what's going on like oh i don't know what to do either it's John trying to catch without looking. It's hilarious. (laughs) Anyway. You know, I got to go on a tiny rant here. Might Um, as well. It really pissed me off that Diana just kind of killed Olivia off. Right? Mm -hmm. Like. That was fucking rough. Was that necessary? She was a great character. Like she could have, they could have, and then she just, I don't know, just. Anyways, that really pissed me off. There's a whole bunch of um, great characters that get killed off just for shock value or plot filler. I don't know. Yeah, it's like she was just bored. So she's like, I'll just kill Olivia in this book. I mean, I... In this story. To be fair, I've done that in fic. Like, yeah, (laughs) you're too happy. Time to go. (laughs) Okay. Not to talk too much about Prodigal, Prodigal Son, but I had a moment. I was... I was writing that fic and there was a character that I had included that I decided I was a terrible mistake to include them. So I was a a little bit tipsy and I made a, a a drunk decision about how to deal with that character. So when you read it, I want you to tell me if you figured out what the drunk decision. I got it. I have homework. I'll never forget that because I I think I was like texting some of my friends and I was like, I know what I'm going to do about this. You know <laughs> what? Like, oh, God. Tipsy Best fix drunken is- writing. I have a <laughs> coffee mug, actually, that Levy Squeaks gave me. It says, write drunk, edit sober. I drink coffee out of that <laughs> most mornings. Is it Irish coffee? I mean, oh. there are days. <laughs> <laughs> there are days <laughs> where I consider mm, this would be better with Jameson. Just not because it's the coffee, but because of the, the work situation. Anyway, so moving right along. Anyways. Um, Horrex <laughs> is in the way. Back to. <laughs> boing, 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 Keep boing, boing. At this note. Okay, so you made this note. And uh, what is. Yes, I did. Your husband calls Horrocks what now? Sketchy Robin Williams. (laughs) So he's got the similar face shape and he is so sketchy. And like the nose and stuff. Like Walmart Robin Williams. (laughs) Robin Williams. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go for it. One more quick tangent, completely out of the fandom. I don't know if you're an MCU fan or not, but when um, Winter Soldier and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Winter Falcon is what I was calling it because I shipped them hard. But the off-brand Captain America, now that Steve is gone (laughs) and everyone was calling him Walmart, Walmart Gap. (laughs) 
Same, oh, same energy. God. Also yes. awful. Yes. Anyway, but the scene with Horrocks who confronts Jamie and tries to extort Jamie, Ian comes in and saves the day. This gave me all of the Ian feels. Because one, I want to hug him and tell him it's okay. He didn't do the wrong thing because he's very upset for running them through. But also that line that he has in the books that he says to Jamie a lot on your right. Yeah. Is um, a recipe to make me cry for very specific reasons that aren't related to this episode at all. But, uh, I still kind of ship Jamie and Ian just a little. <laughs> just a little. <sighs> like enough that it has made an appearance a few times. That's <laughs> background information <laughs> in a fic. <laughs> well, you wrote a whole fic. Was me, it you that wrote me and Lovey John, did. Jamie, Ian? Yeah, me and Lovey Yeah, did. okay, I thought so. That was a tipsy decision, so, too. yeah. I mean, I read it. I, I have to say, like, I enjoyed it in the instance of the fic. I just don't generally ship it. That's fine. I ship things that I didn't mean to, but here we are. <laughs> I can't tell what's ironic and what's not anymore. Like, it's crack ship, real ship, all the same ship to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, maybe we can wrap up this episode. That first shot of Claire holding the baby on the front steps it looks like she's holding a swaddled squash <laughs> i mean isn't that what newborns basically are squishy i just think you can kind of tell it's a doll and like i'm not hating on the production decision it's just like it looks like a butternut squash in a blanket <laughs> Oh God! I just watched this other show where there's a there's supposed to be a baby in this one scene, and the baby's not like central to the scene, but the baby's supposed to be like six ish months old, and basically all they have is this like swaddled blanket that everyone keeps holding, and like you never see the baby's face. <laughs> They're so wiggly at six months. I'm like, I I know they're not like, you can't keep them all like swaddled like that. And they were still holding them like cradle style. And I'm like, you don't hold six month babies like that. And I'm like, could they really not even like spring for a freaking doll? (laughs) Because it's just like, just this like little like swaddle with like shape shape to it. anyway okay did we did we get through the watch are we done do we, we have did. Any, any final we... any final thoughts no let's put that uh episode to bed okay good night <laughs> move on to the search this is the fastest we've ever gotten through an episode <laughs> i know see i was i was thinking i was thinking you are right all right, so after the at the end of the watch, Ian comes back all bloody without his leg. But it's okay, it was just a spare oh, one. Yeah. And <laughs> And then in this episode, he's like 
poor Ian. He's so sweet. So Claire's like getting ready to go out looking for Jamie. And Ian's like laid out on the couch with like his arm is in a sling and his leg is missing. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm coming. I'm going to go. And Claire's like, you're missing your leg. <laughs> I and wouldn't like, say I'm missing it, Bob. <laughs> He goes, I'll fashion another one. And I'm like, sometimes Outlander is a comedy. Like, <laughs> I'll fashion another one. Out of what, good sir? Out of let me, what? Let me just go get a stick and whittle it. Like, what the hell are you doing, Ian? Sit down. Hop slash, hop slash, hop slash. I'm sorry, that Jenny's was. Jenny's just bad. running. Jenny's running around like sticking guns in her in her skirts and stuff. Okay, like, but Bamf Jenny is a Bamf. Oh, okay. Yeah, love a hundred percent. This so badass in this episode. She gets on a horse days after giving birth. Can you freaking imagine? I couldn't even sit on the couch <laughs> days after giving birth. <laughs> Like, seriously. I, yeah. I don't, without, like, what's she, like, what is she bleeding into? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, 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 that's a good question just in general, like, throughout the series that I always, you know, think like, about. But The, the uh, belt thing, women, maybe? Because they yeah, had, they had the but, belt, they had the menstrual belt, but. Yeah. Ugh. But it wasn't frozen. Like she wasn't. It's not like she had a supply of padsicles she could be sitting on. <laughs> and like one of those little Perry bottles, you know, oh, like <laughs> poor Gucci. <laughs> oh my god, I I loved those little ice pack pad things. They, they were the best. I had a C section. I didn't actually need it. I I therefore oh. could also not sit up because I didn't have any abdominal muscles that all yeah. suffered. This got really gross and yeah. personal. Let's move on. Um, she, okay. Jenny's a badass. <laughs> um, I would not yes. have been on the horse, I, but we've already established I wouldn't have made it off of Craig and Dude. I would have died on day one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a moot point. It's a moot point. Uh, yeah, and I was just I'm like watching them together, and I'm like. We just need like a spinoff of like Jan- Jenny and Claire, and then I'm like, like crime fighting, and then I instantly thought of Charlie's Angels, but I'm like, we need a third, and then I'm like, you just add Minnie, yes, and that would be such a fucking badass show, and it would be like Charlie's the original Charlie's Angels, but like Charlie would be Benedicta, yes, <gasps> yes, and um, what's his name? Bosley is actually the O'Higgins brothers. <laughs> oh god but yeah i just was like every time i watch see the the very beginning of this episode i do i do like the jenny and claire stuff in the beginning and i'm always like we just these two just need like a crime fighting show like it's just yeah that would be awesome (laughs) I love I love adding Minnie to that mix. Okay. Crack ship that's stuck. Jenny Minnie. I ship it. They've never interacted. They've never met to our knowledge. But I ship it. <laughs> it works. Well, I I picture like Jenny and Minnie would be like if we're talking like post when Jenny 
held Hal at gunpoint. Like, I feel like <laughs> oh, yeah, she did that. it would definitely be like an enemies to lovers thing <gasps> with Jenny and Minnie. Like, Minnie would be like, yeah. you're the bitch that held a gun to my man. And Jenny would be like, yeah, I did. Your man's a, you know, whatever. And then they have like a little cat fight and then like they hook up. But yeah, they have a cat fight that ends with in making out. Yeah, exactly. Rage exactly. Bang. I like it. I like it. Someone <laughs> should write that. I'd read it's not it. Not gonna be me. <laughs> Might be me. Someone. I've should... got my hands a little full right now, but so do I. That's that ever stopped me before. <laughs> I can see that though. Oh, I can God. see Jenny explaining her position, and then Benny going, "Yeah, it sounds like hell." <laughs> Right, right. Like, because at first, Minnie would be like, step off my man. But then, yeah, as soon as she heard, like, you know, Jenny's side of it, it'd be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. He well, he's a prick. He, but yeah, I, he's been away a while. I kind of forgot he's an asshole. <laughs> it was so quiet at home. I, don't... <laughs> I need know. to know what Minnie's getting up to. Like, the whole, like, the entire book of go tell the bees that i'm gone like i need doing? i need to know what minnie's up to in in england because she can't be up to any good i'm actually really terrified because in the previous one or echo whichever one it was she wasn't well really? she was I yeah if I, I remember I, mean, I seem to remember she was she was pretty ill i remember hal not being well like he had like well, he's old and stressed like out. John, he kind of brought that on. Right. <laughs> this is he's having a hard time. Like I just on. remember, like I just remember, like John going to visit and like Minnie was like worrying over Hal and like and Dottie too, and they were like taking care of him. And, yeah, yeah. Gout is what he. That's, he's got yes, asthma and gout, and he was really um, he was miserable, <laughs> and he refuses to quit drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted i think they were trying to feed him soup and he wanted meat or something <laughs> is that or did i make that up no i don't, I don't think know. you made that up it's close enough <laughs> if you're listening and you happen to have evidence to the contrary no you don't this is we're the captain now <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. all right so jenny okay. bamf jenny and claire are going after trying to hunt down Jamie, Jenny is tracking like a champ, which is really cool. Oh, yes. It's very cool. And it's cool because we never even really see the men doing any like tracking like that in the show. But Jenny's like a professional. She's super good at it. And like she's she's getting all of this information from her environment, which we see Jamie doing in the books quite a bit. But we don't really see it in the show as much. But yes, it's very cool. And then they're um, they're good cop, bad cop when they yes. capture that red coat. It's actually really amazing because they didn't plan it this way. <laughs> I don't think they went no. into this going good cop, bad cop. Well, and I think too, like for Claire, it's not even so much of an an act. I think she's like, and I don't think she's like appalled at what Jenny's doing. Mm-mm. Like, and she says that later. But, like, she's kind of appalled at what they've been brought to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that they that they that they're in this situation where they have to do this to begin with. Yeah, so there's I, I feel a little bit like 
it kind of looked to me like she kind of forgot that forensic science wasn't a thing yet. So like, nobody's <laughs> going to know who's going to know. Nobody's going to know. Right. Yeah. yeah. But she would know, blah, blah, blah. I guess, that you know, conscience myth. Yeah. Cause I didn't really feel like it was so much about getting caught as it was. Yeah. She was just grappling with her own, you know, and you see that of Claire, especially after she becomes a doctor mm-hmm. um, and she takes the Hippocratic oath, like that becomes a really big deal to her. Like the whole, like do no harm thing. And Jenny, Jenny, she, honey badger, don't give a shit. Like, honey badger, don't give no like, shits. <laughs> she's like, I will kill anybody who gets in my way. Like, Claire, me. I'll kill you too. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then scrappy. Good old Murta shows up anyways and Myrta shows finishes up. the job. Do you think he was following them long enough and then realized that Jenny was milking herself and decided not to barge in at that moment? Because here we are. <laughs> Get another I nickel. think he might have been tracking them. I think he might have been tracking them for a while. Oh, yeah. And then it was just kind of, I think he was a bit in awe of them. Because he even said, like, you two made pretty good outlaws without me. <laughs> but, like, I think then he just, like, stepped in when he realized that, you know. And I think it was almost, you, you know, Myrta has a very interesting sense of chivalry. So, like, yeah. I think that in his in his way, he was sparing them, the ladies, from having to kill somebody yeah. right like they're kind of arguing about it and like jenny's like because jenny will just she's like i'll fucking do it you know but i think he was trying to like he steps in because he wants to spare them from yeah. having to do that and that's that's murda's like chivalrous code to a t <laughs> which is definitely the person you want on your side yes absolutely <laughs> Because <laughs> if it's not random red coat number six, it's the Duke of Sandringham later. <laughs> I laid vengeance at your feet. <laughs> yeah. His, his brains are oozing out. Okay. Um, skipping ahead. <laughs> Marta comes to the rescue. Uh, Jenny can go home to the baby and to uh, ice herself. Poor, poor Jenny. <laughs> poor Jenny. So now they're on this this. I think the word you have used for other things this season, Beth, has been cockamamie. <laughs> this plan to draw Jamie out, which is true. Oh my, it's, it's convenient. Now we have a buddy comedy and just going to go traipsing up one side of Scotland and down the other, singing weird songs and dancing badly. And um, this brings us to the Bugle Boy Paradox. Are you familiar with the Bugle Boy before, Paradox? Oh, you must hold yeah. on because before you before you do that, I just want to state that this is another one of those things that's like completely out of left field, and you're like, "What? Like, this is the this is the brilliant plan, the, right? <laughs> that they come up with, and like, it, I don't I don't even have words because it's just like." It's just like, did you, could you just not think of anything else? Like, where did this come from? I just, I, I just want to talk. I just want to know. <laughs> anyway, yes, you can go on with the Bugle Paradox. And no, I'm not, not familiar with it. 
Uh, it, I mean, to your point, it does get frustrating when we as fic writers spend so much time trying to make shit make sense in a world that doesn't make sense. <laughs> or like the way that I'll like try to research something for accuracy, like something that nobody is going to care about. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? The off, you know, like, it's not like the author does it. Literally, I'm putting more thought into this than the original author. <laughs> so the Bugle Boy paradox is, um, and, and I say paradox in the same sense that, like, Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future franchise talked about paradoxes, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, I gotcha. did Claire bring the bugle boy from the early 40s or did the bugle boy come from an old traditional highland tune that no one really knows the origin of exactly that was it andrews andrew anderson can't think of the name crap the name of the band anyway <laughs> um <laughs> did they happen to hear about it and like oh this is catchy and then then put world war Two relevant lyrics to it or did claire bring that back by itself so um she broke it yes and we don't get to actually explore what the effect of this was and now i'm curious i don't actually want to read anything about it but that's <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to me because when you start talking about some of these things it it brings up to me like you know, the whole idea of predestination mm -hmm. because you, because time travel is either completely chaotic and random and makes no sense or everything was predestined to happen and Claire had to go back to the 1700s because if she hadn't gone back you know boogie woogie bugle boy would have never <laughs> been invented plot twist that's the real reason that she went back had nothing to do with jamie <laughs> had nothing to do with love and romance and this, you know 20 years apart in its destiny and soulmates and bullshit blah 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 no 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 it's that one fucking song that's the whole reason <laughs> whole reason we have solved the it mystery. Is. We can all go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, it also, I mean, that's, it's like one small thing, right? But when you think about like, um, like think about like the, just Culloden in gen in general, like the whole, the whole rising and everything, mm -hmm. like obviously the wheels for that were in motion, yeah. but like how much of Claire's, influence really did sort of you know did they win Preston pans because Claire gave them the courage to believe they would win Preston pans because you know she knew from the future that they won it you know and or is it just like total chance and chaos right like did she have to go back so that they could win that battle and then end up in Colada you know so what's interesting is that so much of this series tends to, not tends to, it does, lean very heavily toward it's all predestined, it can't be changed, like there's no escaping yes. the atrocities of the past and all of that stuff, like you can't get past it. 
There's nothing you can do that's going to make an impact. At least not on the big events. Certainly not on the big events. Apparently on the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B, yes, there is, uh, there's an impact there. <laughs> but you kind of see, if you, if you think of time travel literature slash film, whatever, as, as its own separate genre, subgenre of science fiction, fantasy, whatever, there's like two separate, and I've done no research on this except for I've watched some flicks. There's kind of two separate mentalities of the time travelers, which is don't touch anything, let it happen, don't break shit. And then there's the I'm going to fix it. And right. what's interesting is that in the I'm going to fix it stories, we tend to see that it's futile. Yep. And maybe that kind of maybe that more reflects shit getting meta. Hang on. Maybe that reflects more society's view of things that like the horrible things never happen. I mean, think about the last two, three years of our history that we have personally experienced. Mm. The bad shit don't <laughs> stop at all. Nope. <laughs> so it makes sense that that would be reflected in our film and literature and TV. Yeah. It's like that, that fatalism. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, you know, there's also too, when you look at like time travel, you know, there's, there's the, whatever Diana claims hers is, right? That it's like a straight line and there's no loops or whatever, which I don't believe her. There's something that happens in season three that I'm like, nope, you just disproved yourself. But anyway. Well, pause. No, there's something that happens in episode one. So did she say that? Because, you know, I don't. Yes. I'm blocked on social media. She says there are no loops that it is like. Um, I think either she or maybe it was somebody else tried to explain it, her philosophy by saying like, it's kind of like time is running like on different train tracks and like, sh so like the 1900s is one train track and the 1700s is another. Um, and like Claire can like jump and the, and the trains are going forward and Claire can like jump from one train to another, but they're going to continue to go forward. They're never going to loop around. They're never going to, you know, they're going to be just parallel the whole time. So that's what Diana says, but, and there's just so it's like fucking Swiss cheese. Um, so sense. yeah, it doesn't. So setting okay. that aside, generally speaking, there's like two, schools of thought with time travel which is like the loops mm -hmm. right and then there's like the the branches yeah. right where every time you change something you create like a new timeline and then all of a sudden you have all these multiple timelines happening kind of simultaneously which is kind of that's like kind of in back to the future yeah right? It always helps when the time travel is intentional because they tend to draw pictures to explain it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I just, uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. But but I kind of like the multiple timelines thing because it's. I think it's really fun to think about. You know, like there could just be this other timeline where just like one thing was changed and there there's like a another me out there just like living a different life i don't know i think that's cool multiverse kind of theory yes thing oh i love 
I mean, multiverse is, yeah, I mean, and I think I've brought this up before, but Stephen King's The Dark Tower has both looping and multiple timelines and multiple universes. So it's like the ultimate, like, kind of time travel science fiction story. Um, it's like this, just this, like, epic. Um, and it's that whole series is like my favorite my favorite book series of all time. I'm going to pass on that because that just hurts <laughs> to think about. <laughs> I don't need to learn quantum physics to enjoy fiction, please. He's so <laughs> brilliant though, because he brings it the way he like brings things together. I mean, DG would just, you know, she could not, she could not hold a candle to the way he's able to do that. And then I think I mentioned before, though, he has that other one that I talked about a yeah. little bit, I think, in our last recording, which is the one, the Kennedy one. So yeah, yeah. I would recommend that because it's not as complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. I, we used to watch, so I don't really watch TV anymore just because no spoons, but we used to watch like The Flash on the CW and I stopped when mm. it started getting all like multiversal bullshit. I'm like, I can't do it. And now... Marvel is starting to do that too. And I'm like, guys, come on, pick, pick a story. <laughs> Tell that one, pick a planet, stick with that one. <laughs> I love it. But I, you know, I think it's part of it is just the way my brain works. Just because you, you know how I'm always like firing yeah. these con weird connections yes. and stuff. I think it, I think that stuff just like really is like nutrition to my brain. <laughs> It's not, it's not for me. I, I, I watch a Dr. Strange movie and I always end up feeling just a little bit stupid at the end of it. <laughs> anyway, this is not about the MCU, but here we are. Um, Grumpy Murta. My plan worked. Plan worked. Here we go. We're not talking about the episode you don't like. Um, although this episode is like prior, you know, pre-France because... Marta in France is exceptionally grumpy and delightful, but this episode oh. is also peak grumpy Marta, and I am here for it. Grumpy Marta is my it. favorite Marta. I like him just a little pissed off. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, when is Marta not a little pissed off, though? Uh, a good like, question. Can you name a time? Um, <laughs> I can name a time he was really sad, but I can't. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Don't think that counts. Uh, <laughs> no, he's always he's always a little peeved. <laughs> it suits but that's him. That's what we love about him. That's what we love about him. What Duncan has done with his character in this in the TV show is just I love it. I'm so glad that I watched enough of the show to get to know Murta before I started reading the books because I love show Murta so much better. Oh, I mean, Book Murta is like, he's like barely like he's there. He's barely there. Like he's just, yeah. He's fabulous in the show. Claire and Murta, though, they do come to this great understanding. I would like to point out a theme that Claire repeatedly, we have talked about it before and we'll talk about it again. She seems to think she's the only person in the world who's ever been in love. Or who loves Jamie. Exactly. Oh my God, everybody loves Jamie. That's the whole point of the series. 
that's a whole reason John exists as a character is because everybody loves Jamie. Right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. She gets so snotty about it. Yeah. She's ridiculous. Yes. (laughs) It drives me insane. But she and Myrta come to a little bit of an understanding and they kind of bond. Interestingly enough, they bond over Jamie the same way. Well, not the same way, but similar to how Claire and John bond over Jamie. Mm-hmm. Not the yeah. same. <laughs> there was no boning this episode. <laughs> it's funny, though, because... Yeah, Claire always gets so defensive and gets her hackles up about the way people deal with Jamie or people trying to help with Jamie. But then, like, but then it's almost like she just has to, like, get slapped in the face a little because then she's like, oh, you just love him, too. Okay, I get it. Jesus. (laughs) No, she's not the jealous type. No, not at all. Not Not at all. (laughs) She's cute cross-dressing, though. She does look cute. And all I can ever think of is like, because like, I think like one of the first time Jamie sees Claire in breaches is like not until after she comes back. Yeah. He kind of goes, you know, he gets a little like pearl clutchy about it, but also like, (laughs) like I can see that ass. (laughs) He's an ass man. Like, so I just keep thinking like, well, he missed her in her, her first cross-dressing era Um. what a shame (laughs) where are we okay so so one of as much as i don't like this episode one of the best lines when claire says to myrta stop quoting the bible it doesn't suit you (laughs) well she's not wrong it does not It doesn't suit him. It It doesn't suit him at all. I love it. It doesn't suit her either. (laughs) No, not remotely. They have some, they have some trouble with uh, a pack of travelers. That one dude has a really interesting take on intellectual property. (laughs) Songs are just songs. They're out there. You can't own them. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. How, how AO3 of you, man. Although, I mean, that really was kind of the yeah. the actual, you know, I mean, songs were such a big part of oral storytelling mm-hmm. that you expected people to take songs, make them their own, spread, you know, spread them around, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Claire's the one kind of being weird about it. Well, nobody can sing that song but her. As as if she isn't violating copyright by using the Boogie Woogie Boogie Boy. (laughs) That copyright law hasn't been written yet. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But they do show back up and they kind of do the right thing, I guess. And they say, we got a message for you. And it's not from Jamie. It's from Dougal, who is a smarmy bastard. What a fucking, what a fucking disappointment when she, <laughs> you think she's going to find Jamie and it's fucking Dougal. Like, that's like the Dougal. biggest fucking letdown. <laughs> Dougally. <laughs> In a letdown of an episode. Right. It's just... you know? <laughs> it's like the, the, I would say peak letdown, but it's more like the bottom of the pit of letdown. It's the crap frosting on the shit cupcake. 
Oh, yeah. So he's smarmy. He's real. He's just being such a, he's like so happy that Jamie is, he's going to be getting rid of Jamie. He is. basically the bottom line. He That's the bottom line. Is. Oh. He's already talking yeah. about him in the past tense. Yep. Like he. Ugh. So gross. <laughs> he just swoops right in with Claire and it's like, I'll marry you. Blah, you know. blah, blah, blah. No, I'll grind your corn. God, <laughs> do you have to at all? Can we not leave? Just leave my corn alone, okay? <laughs> Keep your cob to yourself, man. I want my corn intact. <laughs> husk, not not husk. Oh Lord, have mercy. Yeah, and that's like the end of the episode. It's just like an hour of nothing it's like the original seinfeld it's a show about nothing (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember if i clicked next on the claire going to the camp and trying to convince the men to go with her is the next episode right oh wait or does that happen no no you're right It, it it does happen at the very end of this one and willie is the one that volunteers first and then you know and then Myrta, honey Badger, or not Myrta, uh, Angus, Honey Badger, honey Badger. and yes, and Tweedledum. <laughs> what does Jamie call call them in season two? Fathead and I don't remember or something. <laughs> I've only I've only seen this <laughs> once. I don't know. Actually, Mert, it's Myrta that coins those nicknames. <laughs> but we'll ha- we'll find out soon because we will soon You're be in season two. There. Well. We did it. We shoehorned two episodes into 30 little minutes. We even talked about John a little. We even talked about John a little. We actually kind of talked about the episode. We mostly trash talked the episodes. <laughs> but it's us. That's what we do. Season one, like, a lot of people are like, it's my favorite season. Like, and like, it does have some of the best episodes, but like, but it has a distinct lack it, of John. Yes. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have John. <laughs> it's missing something or very, Al. very crucial. God damn it. It's just missing the grays. It's just. It is. Outlander without the grays is gray. It's just <laughs> really straight, but also very not. <laughs> yeah, it's missing the queerness. That's, you know, that's the bottom line. Well, I mean, you I mean, kind of, but no, I don't, we don't claim him. We don't claim him. No, well, no, but you know, I mean, anyway. I should go back. Like, I don't, I have a hard time, like reading through the books a second time. Rereading something is difficult for me. Um, but I kind of started a reread of the series back in January and it lasted like a week and then my power came back on after the storm. (laughs) I had other things to do, but I was like skimming through it, just looking for like Jamie being really bisexual. And basically if he's on the page, I could highlight something. (laughs) So it's like, you've highlighted half the page. Well, yeah, the other half, he's not there. Yeah. It's exactly. Well, and I think you and I have talked about this just amongst ourselves though. Like, about how, like, I don't know that Diana was, like, meant to be writing a bisexual character, but he's just, 
it's so prominent it <laughs> that, is. like she just she just couldn't control it like <laughs> will not be just... stifled <laughs> no <laughs> he's gonna speak his truth um <laughs> gonna be mad about it while he's doing it but that's not you know not mutually exclusive <laughs> Oh boy. I could go on a total fandom rant right now, but I'm not going to because I'm going to be peaceful tonight. <laughs> okay. Next week we will go on a rant. Next week will be a very serious and very ranty episode. So, you know, just to warn folks, well in I think, are we going to do the last, are we going to do the last two episodes to try to do those together too? probably decide that? I, can't I, remember. I think that's what yeah. we intended to try i haven't rewatched them yeah. yet it may depend on how much awful things i have to say about it yeah so but we're really you know again like like we did with you know the reckoning we're gonna mm-hmm. handle those episodes with care and really kind of more focus on the issues in them like we're definitely not going to give you all like a, a recap like you know no. we we know what happens um and um we're gonna really just more focus on the issues and uh you know it'll be a little on the heavier side versus i don't think there's gonna be much humor at all yeah i don't think we're going to be bringing john into the next podcast episode yeah. much if at all yeah unless it's you know related to the criticisms that we are going to have because there are plenty so there we are. All right. Um, we didn't have a boner break this time, and I think that's okay. There was no, there was no opportunity. I mean, this, this, it, they really, especially the search is just like, well, the search there is killer, no. So. Well, there is, there's no, there's no Jamie to have a boner in the search. I mean, the only place so. I can really think of to have for a Jamie boner would be when uh, Ian kills Horrocks. <laughs> no, not yet. Oh, God. Four, I'm just saying four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think we're good. No, you're good? Okay. All right. <laughs> no, I'm, good. I'm good. I'm good on that Half. one. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us. We do so much appreciate. Um, we appreciate that you spend time with us every week. It's wonderful. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is not affiliated with Outlander, Sony, Stars, and definitely 100% not with Diana Gabaldon. All opinions expressed are our own, and we may not even believe them ourselves. In fact, Nothing in this podcast should be taken seriously as a general rule. We may not even be real people. Does this podcast even exist? This podcast is not suitable for children, immature adults, homophobes, anyone who takes fandom too seriously, people who don't understand that the characters aren't real, people with sticks up their ass, people who hate fun, and people who have no sense of humor. Do not try any of these hot takes at home. We are professionals. The FDA has not approved this podcast for human consumption. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, the urge to send us anonymous homophobic hate, ringing in your ears, and constipation. If you experience any of these side effects, ask your doctor if dying mad about it is right for you. If you know us in real life, no you don't.